हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट थ्री कॉन्टेक्चुअल डायमेंशंस ऑफ डेमोक्रेटिक डिसेंट्रलाइजेशन सोशल इकोनॉमिक एंड जोग्राफिकल एंड आवर टॉपिक इज इकोनॉमिक कंटेक्स्ट decentralization has become necessary to ensure efficient and economical administration speedy and realistic decision making which is a prerequisite for a big and complex organization like those involved in rural development the number of decisions to be taken from time to time is so large and the points on which such decision are to be mentioned are so many that it becomes a necessity to distribute decision making powers among a number of field organizations or field institutions rather than concentrate them at the headquarters this is expected to prevent the frequent emergence of bureaucratic bottlenecks which bid will highly centralized power structures decentralization can protect the individual against the threats from large remote and impersonal bureaucracies as well as provide a preparation and foundation for a healthy democratic society decentralization is said to counter bureaucracy by restoring local autonomy and initiative in decision making processes decentralization could also be allow better political and administrative penetration of national government policies into areas remote from the national capital where central government plan are often unknown or ignored by the ruler people decentralization might allow greater representation for various political religious ethnic and tribal groups in development decision making that could lead to the development for greater administrative capability among local governments and private institutions in the regions and provinces thus expanding their capacities to take over functions that are not usually performed well by central ministries such as the maintenance of national capital decentralization can lead to more flexible innovative and creative administration regional provincial or district administrative units may have greater opportunities to test innovations and to experiment with new policies and programs in selected areas without having to justify them for the whole society if the experiments fail their impacts are limited to small jurisdictions if they succeed they can be replicated in other areas of the country now let us move to the next point economic aspects financial arrangements and funding of pris 
ruler urban local bodies economic decentralization has not taken place in the true sense because most of the ruler development programs are being carried out as centrally sponsored schemes the pris have to act according to the directions of the higher levels in spending the money given to them in the age of shifting paradigm of development from top down to bottom up approach the recognition of local level realities is foremost on the agenda of the developmental perspectives the most critical element is that the financial resources which sets the tone of flexibility in charting the course of socio economic development the economic survey 1991 to 92 has rightly stated that the financial sector is the center of economic activity its health affects the entire economy a reasonable financial resource base and its flexibility for pris is a major constituent for ensuring grassroots democratization of development process the ashok mehta committee 1978 had observed that the part of the inability of the panchayati raj institutions to come up to expectations lay in their weak financial resources the constitutional amendment of 1992 for the local governments so far as financial issues are concerned have not pursued any good attempt to guarantee autonomy and freedom for the conventional godfather the state government firstly these amendments have not made a clear cut financial provision for the lower tier as the constitution has made for the center state fiscal divisions the claim for financial betterment has been assured only by mere provision of constitution of the state financial commission which cannot create resources but can make recommendations for distribution of the same amount in different propositions in a situation of financial deficit in either side the second confusion it has allowed to continue in indian local governments is on the resources of income in different states it should have streamlined the income from the specific sources to be appropriated for the local governments now let us move to the next point financial devolution is a must for pris the state government has ensured that the funds related to the functions carried out by the each tier are scientifically specified through a formula of weightages on the basis of the population agriculture backwardness and unemployment at pasdul 1 of the act the gp has been entrusted with the community development projects while the tp and zp have been given the specialized role of monitoring the regional imbalances in infrastructural development 
as per schedule 2 and schedule 3 respectively. The ZP which has adequately number of personnel for planning, monitoring and evaluation has to be play the role of coordinator for the entire district through a mechanism of DPC. The DPC has to work towards the comprehensive development of district in order to tackle the rural urban dichotomy as well as directly under the state government. The study has shown that PRI have only 14% of the total funds allocated by the state as united funds which can be used for fulfilling local needs and priorities. The functionaries are therefore dissatisfied with the insufficient autonomy devolved on PRIs. Moreover, the parameters of fundings are also centrally defined and may not be suitable to the local conditions. The ZPs are totally dependent on the state and central funding. Even when they are able to raise their own resources through horticultures or fish farmers, etc., the same has to be deposited by the, with the state, thus leaving no incentive for their enterprise and innovation. GPR given powers to raise their own resources through taxes, etc. The flat administrative grant of rupees 1 lakh given to each GP is adequate for bigger GPs, where the electricity bills for water supply schemes and street lighting itself is huge. The GP tax revenue constitutes 26% of its budget while the state government grant from 57% of GP resources. The known tax revenue is only 17%, as GP's own resources are found to be having a potential for growth. The administrative machinery needs to be strengthened to realize the same. The PRIs by and large have been perceived as agencies for spending of government money. The budgeting is not linked with performance. Thus, the activities of rural development are not sustainable. It is proposed that not only should the PRIs be empowered to generate their own resources, but they should also follow the process of zero-based budgeting for achieving better results. At present, auditing of accounts at ZP, TP and GP is quite a laborious and rigid process. The initiative and creativity of PRI is killed due to the rigorous of accounting and reporting. At GP level, Gram Sabha should be the ultimate instrument of social auditing. The GP secretaries should be encouraged to be development oriented rather than being paper oriented. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcasts.